Customers come and customers go. But you have to ask yourself, do you know which customers are coming? And more importantly, which customers are going? And do you care? If not, you should. And that's coming up next on Experience Leadership. Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that helps small business owners and entrepreneurs just like you dare to be the exception. Join our host, service expert and master of experiences, Mark Hain, as he uncovers relevant and timely content to help you develop your business. So you can take the time to work on your business, not just in your business. Here's your host, Mark Hain. Welcome to this episode. This is where small business owners and entrepreneurs pick up core skill sets to help them work on their business, not just in their business. I am your host, service expert and master of experiences, Mark Hain, and today our topic is a little bit different. We're talking about customer turnover. In past episodes, we've talked about labor turnover and what it costs to your business to have labor turnover and what you could do about it. Today, I want to talk about what customer turnover is and what that is doing to your business. And we'll get to that in just a moment. I have to say that I am so glad that you chose to spend some time with me here today. If you're subscribed to my channel, thank you so much for supporting me and I look forward to bringing you fresh content each and every week. If you haven't yet subscribed, that's okay. I know what it's like to want to just dip your toes into the water before taking the full plunge. But just so you know, I don't want you to miss a single episode. So when you're ready, go ahead and click subscribe. I'd love to be one of those people you call a friend. There should be a commandment in business. Know thy customer. And you're probably listening to this and saying, I know who my customers are. And maybe you do. But if you are like the majority of business owners today, your knowledge, and I hate to say it, is probably based more on assumptions than facts. So today, I'd like to know from you our question of the day. When was the last time you gathered information about your customers? What kind of information was it? I'd love to hear some of your experiences. So why don't you go ahead and share this episode on your favorite platform and hashtag the post experience leadership. That's a hashtag experience leadership. I'd love for you to be part of this conversation. I was recently consulting with a grocery retailer who was so frustrated by the weekly fluctuations of his business. The operator felt that people came in just for the specials and that their competitor down the street was, quote-unquote, stealing his customers. He compensated by putting more things on sale with the prevalent retail theory that if they come in for the lost leader, they'll come up and pay for the higher margin items while they're in the store. When I asked, why aren't you the retailer of choice? He was dumbfounded. He had never thought about his business in those terms. And so this is one thing that I will challenge you to look at your business and say, in your industry, in your community, in your area, are you the business of choice in your area, in your expertise? This gentleman never had thought about his business in those terms. and He was always looking at his business as being in competition with the other retailers. He had a strong mindset of the us versus them mentality. 
but he was so certain he knew who his customers were and what they needed from him. Once we took a deep dive into his business, we found he was right. The brunt of his volume came from his on-sale items. They were attractively priced, but at the end of the day, he had no loyalty. He had the, oh, peanut butter's on sale here, people, right? The people who are looking for those bargain basement prices. That was his customer base. Once we got to the root of the problem, we uncovered, among other things, that customers thought his personnel was unapproachable. There seemed to not be a great working relationship on site. Some customers actually recounted stories of staff verbally abusing each other while they were on shift in front of customers, and they were being snarky in front of customers. I did post a podcast about this, about leaders recognizing strife on shift, but you know, this idea that people feel uncomfortable when there's strife going on is a very real issue. For this particular location, there were also some other issues with their deli counter and the produce sections, but staff behavior was by far the biggest turnoff for the customers. Surveys indicated that if you truly know your customers, you really are in the minority. Studies upon studies show that we are woefully misinformed about our customers. And the smaller the business, the more we rely on what we think rather than what we know. So here are some basic numbers. In retail, 77% of retailers don't know their clients' preferred means of communication. So something as simple as communicating with your customers, 77% don't know what that preference is. Only 16% know what incentives appeal to them. What incentives appeal to your customers? And less than 30% of businesses know what their customer retention rate is and what revenue they lost by not keeping those customers. Even more shocking, only 12% of respondents know why people go to their competition and only 41% know who their most valuable clients are. That's only four out of 10 operators. Now, I can tell you, having kind of cut my teeth in the casino industry, it was absolutely imperative that we understood what our clients wanted. When they came on site, we had to understand what it was that drove them to this particular locale. Today, I'd like to provide some tools, maybe to give you a little bit of a hand up. And we'll get to that right after this. When you're delivering an important speech to a huge audience, it's easy to lose your place or go way over time. Give yourself an advantage with the Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app. No more checking your watch or calling for time. The Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app keeps you on track with easy to see timers, even changing color for visual prompts during your speech. And you can set audio cues to practice or set it to vibrate so you don't even have to look. Be the pro you know you are. Download the app at speakerpresentationtimer.com. So in chapter 19 of my book, I introduce a theory of lifetime customer value. And I have to say, I feel that most businesses get this wrong. You know, when they speak of lifetime customer value, they talk within the confines of lifetime customer spend. And to me, the two are drastically, drastically different. Lifetime customer spend is just that. A customer comes to your business, spends X amount of money, and they do that with a certain frequency, say weekly. So once a week, they come into your store, they spend X amount of dollars, and they do this over months and years. Natural attrition might take place whereby they move away or they 
pass away. Sorry to hear that. More times, though, they choose away for some reason. We don't know why. Unless we actually dig deep into it, we don't know why people would choose away. That is, they choose your competition. They choose to go somewhere else. It's up to us to understand what that looks like. With some key data, we can calculate that value. We can look at what it is, you know, what do we expect of frequency and so on. And we can say every one of our customers is worth $130 a week times the lifetime times 12 times the average customer stays with us six years. And that is your average lifetime spend. How I define lifetime customer value, though, is a little bit different. You know, we know each customer has a lifetime spend, but what we fail to consider is the value of the customer's influence. Pretty heavy, eh? You might want to sit down for this because this is something much harder to quantify, but it's very, very real. Not only do you have the customer lifetime spend, but every person who comes into your business has influence over their circle of friends and family. When you do great things, they tell people. When they feel slighted, they tell even more people. It's so funny, like watching reviews on social media and that sort of thing. Again, I published a podcast on how to respond to reviews. And when you take a look at the review sites, you know, people will either put reviews down because they were just absolutely blown away or they were absolutely slighted. And so this idea that, you know, when you serve people well, they'll tell, you know, a couple of people. But when you do them wrong, they will tell tens of hundreds of people or tens of thousands of people, whoever they can talk to. If anybody says, hey, do you know anything about this Acme company? And people go, oh my God, don't you go there. Oh my, you know, I once went there 15 years ago and this is how they treated me. <laughs> As I outlined in the episode talking about responding to bad reviews, their scope of influence can be huge. And what they post can be really, really brutal. Like, I mean, it's crazy how the keyboard warriors just get in there and it just, whatever the issue is, seems to have magnified from the time they left your store to the time they got home. But with the proper data, you can know the lifetime customer value. But for now, it's important to know that this is an amazing, powerful variable to your business. So the big question still remains, how do I understand who my customer is? If you are affiliated with a big brand, you already have some great data. More than ever, as consumers, we are being tracked and profiled nonstop. If you have a loyalty program, you should be able to get some key demographics and spend information from that data. Are you looking at it? Do you have somebody in your organization that is responsible for taking a look at that data and breaking it down for you? Because really, the minute you have that data, you learn how to communicate to them, you learn how to sell to them, and you learn how to invite them back on premise. If you don't have a program in place, you really do have quite a lot of work to do. So I want to talk about a few things. We all talk about bringing or providing value to our customers. But what about exploring our values with our customers? Our values, not our value. Our values. What do we stand for? We all have a set of values we operate by. When they are incongruent with the values of our customers, we lose those customers. You know, I'm watching an episode. I'm the, I just restarted Mad Men on Prime Video. And it's a, like first, I think, third episode. And a lady comes in to talk to the ad guys. 
and she is taking over her store for her from her father. She basically is taking over operations. And, you know, she wants to take the store in a different direction. And one of the things that Don Draper says to her is, you know, everybody's in here for sales. If you want to compete against the likes of Macy's and so on, you're going to lose these customers before you gain the high spending customers, which is what she wanted. And really, it's that simple. When we stop living the same value, so this particular store on, on Mad Men, if they are attracting the bottom, the basement sale customers, they want everything on sale. So, you know, a Walmart customer will never shop at Macy's. It's just different demographics, different values. So one of the best ways to determine customer value is to do empathy mapping. This is where we plot out our customer's persona to better understand their values, their drivers, and their pains. Whenever we do and sit down and do empathy mapping, I want to dig deep into exploring what our persona has, you know, and what they think and feel. You know, what are their major preoccupations, their worries, and their aspirations? What's on their mind that is important to them? Obviously, somebody who is a single mother of three kids has different priorities than somebody who is a CEO at a major, who's married, has three kids at home, but has, you know, a wife and so on. And they go on holidays to Lake Tahoe and all this sort of stuff. Those values are different. And so understanding kind of what these core demographics are can help you with how you communicate with them. We want to look into what are they hearing? How do they consume information? What are they reading? What are they watching? You know, are they LinkedIn dwellers or are they Facebook dwellers? Are they binging reality TV shows or are they binging documentaries? <laughs> All these different things have a different way of being able to figure out exactly what is the mindset of the target customer. And, you know, the big question is where are they getting that information? We also want to take a look at what they say and do. What is their forward-facing image and what is their behavior towards other? If, you know, how are they relating to their community and so on? We're also interested in seeing what is it that they see through, you know, I believe, I truly believe I had this conversation earlier this week about how I believe that everybody has their own little bubble around them and, and how they see the world is tainted by that bubble. And so if they come in with somebody who clashes, whose bubble color clashes with them and they can't see through it, they're not going to see the whole picture. So being able to look at what they see, their environment, who do they socialize with, what attracts them. These are important components to look at. And then we also explore their pains. What are their fears, frustrations, and obstacles? And we're also looking at what are their gains? What do they want or need? What are their measures of success? What does a day a dream day look like for this target market? And what obstacles do they need to overcome in order to make that happen? I realize you're listening to this thinking, Mark, I'm a small business owner. You know, how the heck am I going to do empathy mapping on three or four of my core demographics? And I understand this. But to truly understand who your customers are, this is a necessary step. Doing empathy mapping in a core definition of who your customers are gets you to test out your assumptions. And so you truly understand this person is really my customer. And I'm so glad that I can define this. So now I know what my store should look like. I know how things should lay out and so on. You know, one of the things that that grocery store I told you about that had a little bit of a challenge. You know, one of the things that I looked at was they had handicapped parking outside and they had parking set aside for single mothers, which was great. 
But then I was watching all these seniors in the parking lot on a winter day walking towards the store with, you know, going to the basket rack. And they're actually using the basket as a walker because the driveway of the parking lot was a little bit slippery. But they had to walk six, seven car lengths. And I thought to myself, he's so concerned about, you know, expected mothers and the handicap sticker people which is important because that's 25% of our population or 15% of our population. But our senior population in the next five years, we're going to be hitting 30% of our population is going to be over the age of 65. So isn't it time that we start thinking about setting aside space for people who are over 65 or space for people who are over 70 who might have, that they're healthy, but having a shorter distance to go might be handy dandy for them. So through empathy mapping, we get a solid picture of what attracts the customer, the base customer. We know what engages them and we know what it takes to keep them. Through empathy mapping, we find out their values and which of our values is most important to them. As you can tell, I'm, I'm super passionate about this topic and designing the customer experience as a whole. If this is of value to you, I'd sure appreciate it if you could leave me a quick review on this episode. What do you agree with? What don't you agree with? And I realize that, you know, this idea of actually getting this granular with your customer bases is something that's slightly overwhelming. And that's why, essentially, that's why people hire me to help them do this with their teams and with their communities. Once the empathy mapping is complete, though, you will now know where you need to put together a strategy on how to meet and exceed their experience expectation. This is the first chapter of my book, and it's something that when I talked about this idea of experience expectation is what you think your customers expect is much different than what they say they expect. So if you want to drop me a line at markhain.com, I will send you my first chapter of my book. Just say experience expectation. Please send me the first chapter. Love to do that. My book is called Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Life Theater. And I'd love to send you that first chapter because it helps clarify, I think, a lot of the mindset that I'm using and talking about today. Once the empathy map is complete, you will have clarity on how to reach your customers and how to speak to them, po point blank. Again, this is such a big topic, but if you concentrate on speaking to people based on their values, you will connect more deeply if you share those values. When we come back after this next break, I'd love to talk to you about some cautionaries, the do's and don'ts when profiling a customer. And we'll be right back. When the spotlight shines on your business, are customers applauding or yawning? In other words, how is your business performing? Make your business a star with the new book, Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Live Theater by Mark Hain. Mark uses his business and acting experience to help you see your business like a live show so you can create a performance your customers will never forget. Buy Lights, Camera, Action today at your favorite online retailer or directly at markhain.com. And welcome back. We are talking about... How do we speak the language of our customers? How do we get to know them deep enough that we understand what's important to them and how we can possibly service them? You know, keep in mind, you will need to profile more than one customer. I usually suggest that you should map uh, seniors in your marketplace, especially if you're retail. Again, the, the senior population is growing, so it's really important to do that. I'd also suggest profiling somebody who's a working professional with teenage children you know, the teenage, quote, almost independent children even. And of course, young families as a starting point, because we know 
a lot drives young families, people with young children need to have, they have a certain criteria on what makes them comfortable to go out and shop with. But again, this is only if this fits your market. You know, if you give me a shout, more than happy to do 30 minutes complimentary with you to help brainstorm who your target is and who you should be looking at to maybe do some empathy mapping with. Your business is unique and your community is unique. So you and your staff will be the best judge of the top three demographics you should map. Really talk to them. Who are the customers that you see coming in the door? Lastly, once you have the data, it's time to walk a mile in their moccasins. Nothing provides clarity like seeing the world through the eyes of your customers. And sometimes that means getting a secret shopper, one who can candidly go through your store and be honest about what they see and feel while spending money in your business. At the very least, if you'd like, you can download the customer touchpoint assessment that I have for free on my website at markhain.com. This is a tool that I created so that you people can walk through their business. It's just a check mark. You rate yourself and you just say, you know, how do I feel about this? How do I feel about this? And it gives you a way to focus on different aspects, again, in very small detail, so that you can say this is acceptable or it's not acceptable. And it's entirely up to you to define what that looks like. It is a great tool to see your business from the perspective of your customer. So I encourage you to go to my website, markhain.com, the bottom of the lead page, it says customer touchpoint assessment, and go ahead and download it. Putting your customers at the center of your organization's strategy has never been more important. But in order to do this, you need to build a detailed picture of who your customer is. Achieving the type of understanding that reveals the specific values, behavior, needs, and the experience expectations of your customer is nearly impossible without taking the time to be intentional and taking the energy to fully understand them. But once you do, it'll cost you a lot less to attract them and you'll keep them much longer while converting them to your raving fans. Look, this is all the time that we have for today. As always, I am at your service. If you have some questions about our topic today or you'd like to brainstorm some aspect of your business, feel free to click the calendar link in the show notes and book a complimentary 30-minute session with me. You know, I live to serve. This is my core value, is to be of service. So please go ahead, book 30 minutes with me. I'm more than happy to come and hang out with you and we'll brainstorm some of your, we'll brainstorm your business. We'll take a look at it from the customer perspective. My name is Mark Hain. I hope you stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception. Thank you for joining us this week on Experience Leadership. Make sure you visit markhain.com where you can subscribe to iTunes or by RSS so you'll never miss a show. Or go directly to markhainlive.com to watch the video edition of this podcast. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, please give us a rating on iTunes. Or you can share it and tell your friends all about the show. As Mark says, knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Be sure to tune in each week for the newest episode. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception.